0: Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious Father, we thank you that Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd of his sheep, the shepherd of our souls. We pray that his spirit would be with us and in us to guide us and to lead us to know him as he knows us, just as you, Father, know him and he knows you. Cause us to know and to experience Jesus in that intimate way within, to be changed more and more into His likeness. And we ask this through that very same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, this past week or so, I saw a video that was quite funny. The video was of this sheep that was stuck in this big, long crack in the ground. The poor sheep was head first down in it, with only one of his back's legs sticking up out of the ground. And it's just there, stuck. It couldn't do anything. It can't get out. And then there's this kid who walks up to it. And he takes hold of that sheep's leg and begins pulling him out. And slowly and gently, he gets the sheep up out of the crack. The sheep is excited and joyful he is so excited he just sits there and shakes off and then he starts looking around and jumping and hopping just like sheep do and so he takes off hopping and jumping along the side of this crack and then he takes this big leap into the air after a few yards and just falls straight down into crack again He just jumps and whoosh, just straight down into it. I mean, there are videos on YouTube of the sheep doing this, and they just have to repeat that spot over in slow motion. Just so you can see, the sheep, just his head just tur- tilts down, and it just dives straight into that crack. And he gets stuck just like it was at the beginning of the video, and you see the kid just kind of start to walk on down to get it out again. Imagine that the sheep literally got itself stuck in the exact same position that it was in just a few moments after it was rescued. I mean, we've heard how dumb sheep can be before, right? But that really takes the cake, don't you think? It sums it up. Literally, the sheep pays no attention to that big old crack right down the side of the road. It just keeps doing what it exactly has been doing, just jumping along and it just dives right back into the crack. It pays no attention to the circumstances around it. It rushes away from its own Savior, that kid who pulled it up out of the crack. It doesn't wait for him to lead him back to the flock. It just takes off as soon as it gets out and gets stuck right in the same place that it was before, leaving its Savior to come and dig it back out. So how dumb can an animal really be, right? Right? Well, to be honest, an animal can be quite dumb. We see it in that sheep and we chuckle about it, but that's in a lot of ways exactly where we are today, where we as humans are. We keep acting in the exact same way that we've always acted, even though there is a better way forward. There is a new way of living. We continually give in to our basest of desires and we're surprised when we get stuck in that crack again. We're surprised when the world tumbles down around us and we're just stuck once more, hoping someone will come along to save us. That's the life of sin. We keep on pursuing our sins somehow, hoping we will not end up in that same place as before, broken and berated and bankrupted. We run away from the Savior. We run away from the Shepherd who has pulled us up out of that crack just to get stuck once more. And yet, Jesus says he is the Good Shepherd. And this Good Shepherd is going to lay down his life for the sheep, he says. He lays down his life for sheep who continually go astray, who continually get caught by the wolves, who continually get abandoned by the hired hands. He lays down his own life for these sheep who are utterly unaware of any of the dangers around them. That very life that He gives is given to change them. It changes the very essence of who we are. Jesus lays down His life so that we can be freed from what we once were and so often are stuck with. In order that we would receive new life and be freed from the very sins and wolves that seek to constantly devour us. Jesus is the good shepherd whose life is given that we would not only be saved and redeemed, but changed into a new kind of sheep. Into sheep who pay attention and follow their very Lord and shepherd, Jesus. And the first thing that we see today in our gospel lesson is that difference of Jesus Jesus begins there in verse 11 saying that he is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away. The hired hand abandons the sheep when he sees the wolf when he sees danger when he sees something coming he runs away he goes and hides because he doesn't actually care about the sheep he is there for his wage he is there to get paid the hired hand flees when that wolf comes along he doesn't go out to meet the wolf and fight off the wolf but instead he hides And he lets the wolf come into the flock and scatter the sheep and to snatch up the sheep, to drag away the sheep, because he has no love for the sheep. And that's the difference that Jesus brings. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Now, of course, in a regular situation, we all know this is a metaphor, right? The shepherd doesn't die for the sheep, that would be terrible. In real life, if the shepherd went out and let the wolf kill him, then the wolf's just gonna go and get the sheep, right? But it's just a metaphor, it's an analogy, it's a parable of sorts to cause us to recognize what is really wrong. That the sheep of God have had nothing but hirelings who didn't care about them. And Jesus comes along to demonstrate that he is the good shepherd, that he is the shepherd who truly cares for the sheep. Earlier in this passage, he talks about how the sheep hear his voice and he leads them forth and he guides them and he watches over them. He goes into the field ahead of them in order to make sure the field is safe for his sheep. He cares about these sheep because he cares in the grand scheme of things, those sheep really being us, he lays down his life for us. He gives up His life. He lets Himself die and goes to the cross because of the wolves all around us. That wolf is sin itself. The devil and death all wrapped up in one person, in one creature. And it comes and snatches us, the sheep, and it scatters us away from the flock. And sin is something that is both outside of us and within us. Sin on one hand is this great cosmic evil that disrupts the goodness of creation. Sin itself is in many ways the absence of good, the privation of the good. A turning inward of the good that should be going outward to other people. And that's what sin is within us. It's a privation of that goodness of creation within. That goodness of being in the image of God prior to the fall being turned inward. Being turned toward ourselves, as the Lord says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In some ways that could be translated, you should love your neighbor instead of yourself. When we think about it like that, it's the point it's making is that our love, the love that we normally have for ourselves is sinful. And it needs to be turned outward toward those around us. That is the wolf that snatches us and scatters us from the flock. A wolf that turns us into ourselves that drives us down into ourselves to only pursue what we feel and desire within as opposed to recognizing that jesus so often has said we have to die to ourselves we take up a cross that we would die and when we follow him but the great and glorious thing about jesus's difference as the good shepherd from that hireling from that hired hand is that he lays down his life when it matters We as sheep cannot escape from that wolf because in some ways that wolf is part and parcel of who we are. We want to be snatched up by that wolf. We want to be scattered from the flock to be our own individual little islands off to ourselves. And we let that wolf lay hold of us. But Jesus, as the good shepherd comes along and he goes out to fight that wolf and he dies and when the wolf lays hold of him, this good shepherd is poisoned to that wolf. And the wolf in turn dies. The wolf is killed by the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. In just a few verses, Jesus goes on to say that he lays down his life willingly. And because he willingly lays it down, he will take it up again. So this good shepherd can lay down his life willingly for the sheep to kill the wolf. Because he has the power to take back his life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep while the hired hand runs and hides when dangers come because he doesn't care for the sheep. But the good shepherd does care for the sheep. And that's the next thing that we want to lean into and want to hear about today is that Jesus cares for the sheep. Here's what he goes on to say in verse 13 and 14. The hired hand flees because he is a hired hand. And cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. He knows exactly who you are. He knows everything about his sheep. He knows everything about the sheep that are out before him. That are being attacked and ravaged by wolves. Who are letting themselves be ravaged by the wolves. Who never run away but instead run headlong back to that wolf. And jump straight back down into that crack not caring that it's going to get it stuck where it is. He knows that about you. He knows that about me. He knows our selfishness. He knows our lawlessness. He knows our sinfulness. And yet, He is the Good Shepherd who lays down His life for His sheep. He lays it down because He knows us. And in His knowing us, He causes us to know Him. He knows everything. Just as our Colic for Purity says Almighty God, to whom no secrets are hid, to whom all desires are known, He knows the very core of our being. He knows that we as sheep like the wolf attacking us. He knows that we as sheep want to pursue. And be pursued by that wolf. That we want to run away from the shepherd as often as we can. Because that's what we are. Deep down we are marred and broken by the fall. We are marred and broken by our very sinful ways. And so every chance we have we run from the shepherd. But the shepherd knows that. And so the shepherd pursues us. The shepherd lays hold of us. The shepherd brings us back to be with him. So that He can lead us to safe fields, so He can make us to lay down in green pastures, so that He can make us to lack nothing, to have all good things. Because as we remain with the shepherd, as we quit resisting the shepherd, we receive the blessings of the shepherd. We receive His care, we receive His knowledge of us, and we are changed It's not just that the good shepherd lays down his life on behalf of the sheep. He lays down his life that the sheep themselves may possess that very life. G. Campbell Morgan said that this means more than death. Jesus laying down his life for the sheep. It declares that the life laid down is placed at the disposal of the sheep. First, I lay down my life for them. That is, on their behalf. And secondly, I lay down my life for them. That is, that they may possess it. He died in conflict with the work. And then through that dying, he released his life that the sheep might share it. And by sharing, possess that which would make them also more than conquerors over the destroying wolf. That is Jesus' care. That he lays down his life to give new life into the sheep to give us that very life and soul that is His. He takes away our sins and our waywardness and our lawlessness through His death and simultaneously through His death gives us new life so that we can follow Him, so that we can be with Him. The entire life of obedience of the Son was given for you that He might fulfill the law. That He might fulfill the law for you and become obedient that you might become obedient. That's how Charles Erlandson sums it up. All of the Good Shepherd's life was to be for us. To bring us into a life of obedience. His care and knowledge of us causes us to care and have knowledge of Him. And the beautiful part is that that is mirrored in the very reality of the Trinity. The way that Jesus knows us and the way that He brings us to know Him is a reflection of the Father knowing Jesus and Jesus knowing the Father. He doesn't just kind of, sort of know us, but think of the depth of intimacy, of knowledge and love and care that exists between the Father and the Son of the eternal Trinity. The Father knows the Son, and the Son knows the Father. And in that way, the Son knows us, and we will know the Son. Jesus' care brings us up into that Trinitarian love and relation. It lifts us up so that we can know the Son just as the Father knows the Son. And the Son knows us just as He knows the Father a beautiful exchange that is happening right there and Jesus willingly gives it he willingly calls us into that he doesn't begrudgingly give his life for us he joyfully gives his life he wants to give us give us life so that we can know him as he has known us and through that to know the father to know the power of the spirit in our lives He cares for us in a way that the hired hands will never care for us. The hired hands don't care what happens to us, but Jesus does. He cares for us and calls us to be His own. And that brings us to the very purpose of what Jesus is doing. Jesus' purpose is to bring us all together as one fold. He says in verse 16, And I have sheep That are not of this fold. I have sheep that do not belong to this fold. But I will bring them. And they will also listen to my voice. So that there will be one flock and one shepherd. Who are these other sheep? The people hearing him right then would immediately know who he's talking about. Because when he begins talking about the good shepherd and the sheep. They know he's talking about Israel. Because Israel is so often talked about as sheep before the Father, before Yahweh, and that Yahweh is caring for them and guiding them. And as soon as Jesus says there are other sheep that aren't part of this sheepfold, I'm going to bring them in to make one flock. He's talking about all the Gentiles in the world. They are not part and parcel of the people of God. They are not part of that original sheepfold. But Jesus' death and resurrection enables them to come in and become part of that. Because He renews the entire flock and calls them into a new way of living. Calls them into a new covenant of relationship with the Father. He calls them into the new covenant. One in which the shepherd has taken the sins of the world upon himself. The sins of the sheep upon himself. The waywardness and lawlessness of the sheep. Unto himself in order that they would know Him. In order that they would become one flock together. One single people united in the one shepherd, Jesus Christ. That is His purpose, to bring us together. To cause us all to experience that resurrection from the grave. That we have a partial reality of right now in our spirits being renewed. And just as Jesus has been raised from the grave, so too will we be raised from the grave physically. His purpose is to make us one flock so that we can all experience together the reality of His redemption and salvation, the reality of His care, and the difference that He brings to what He does in caring for the sheep. He lays down His life for the sheep because He can take it up again. He lays down His life for the sheep in order to give new life, to give that life to the sheep. And we are those sheep We are those wayward sheep who constantly get attacked by the wolf. The wolf seeks to destroy us. The wolf seeks to lay hold of us. But Jesus defeats that wolf on our behalf. And when we receive that life that he has poured out for us, we can become overcomers of that destroying wolf too. We can begin resisting that wolf within. We can begin resisting and fighting back as we receive the grace of God, as we... Draw near to Jesus as His people, as His flock. Gather together in worship and prayer and receiving of the sacraments. We become more and more like the Good Shepherd. We become sheep who hear His voice and follow after Him. Who walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And don't have to fear any evil because the Good Shepherd is with us. He is leading us into that very valley itself. But we know the good shepherd cares for us. And so we follow him through that valley to the very end. Knowing that that valley of the shadow of death leads to our own deaths. But on the other side of that valley is the resurrection from the dead. And we know that it's coming for us because Jesus has already been raised from the dead on our behalf. He took our sins upon himself and died upon that cross And was raised so that our sins would be forgiven and that we would also be raised from the dead. And so rejoice, little flock. Rejoice that this good shepherd takes from you that wolf who would devour you, who would destroy you, who would cast you down into hell. And gives you his very life to lift you up to heaven. To lift you up in a new resurrection that changes you completely that renews you, that makes you just like Him. And as this shepherd lays down his life and takes it back up, we sheep who will die in this world will be raised back up too. And we will know the Son as He knows us. We will finally fully know the Son, to know Jesus as He knows us. And we will rejoice in that knowledge. We will rejoice in the love and the care of the shepherd. And so now let us continue and walk that path, following our Good Shepherd, receiving our Good Shepherd each and every day, not straying from Him, not abandoning Him, but letting Him lay hold of us and keep us in line, letting Him hold us near to Himself because as we stay near to Him, we will live in that blessing of His being our Good Shepherd that has laid down His life for us. We will know that blessing more and more each day as we follow Him looking toward those green pastures that lay ahead in the resurrection from the dead. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.